God and His creativity created us as a head, a heart, a hand, and of course, a spirit making us very unique and special. Of course, our spirit connecting with God's spirit. What a beautiful thing that is when uh, those of us uh, who are followers of Christ give ourselves to Him and, and uh, realize that we are His child. But in the earthly world here, as we interact with other people, God's designed us to do so through our head, heart, and hand, our thinking, our logic, rational part of our being, and then our heart, you know, our emotions, who we are deep, and then, of course, our hands representing how we behave. And, you know, in the garden, when sin occurred, everything got shattered with head, heart, and hand. And we're going to talk about that today in terms of marriage and the impact on marriage and hear stories from people all around the country. Dr. Randy here from the Intentional Living Center. We're welcoming you to a brand new month here. We're calling it uh, this month of October a, a month of intentional living as uh, we continue to focus on what is intentional living, how it works, and uh, giving you an opportunity to be a part of this mission moving forward. We'll talk about that a little bit later in the show. And uh, for those of you who can join us or are joining us on uh, Facebook from time to time, I hope you'll uh, share your comments with us. This is an opportunity for you to share with others. Tell them about intentional living. They can hear our podcast. Of course, they can hear it here on the radio program as well. Head, heart, and hand. You know, I often say in my conferences that God designed me as a head person. Um, I like bottom line. I love to think things through. And you know what happens when a head person is married to a heart person? Uh, the dynamic that can create. Pretty interesting. We'll talk about that in the show today as well. All right. First up, Patricia's on the line from Michigan, apparently with a question. Uh, Patricia, welcome to the program. Go right ahead. Hi, Randy. How do you communicate? My husband's not a Christian. I am. We've been married for 30 years. I try to listen carefully and repeat what he says, but he's one of those people that whatever he says is right and whatever I say, if it doesn't agree perfectly with him, is wrong. And I need to know how to biblically get around that barrier so that God can reach him. Well, <laughs> right to the point. Maybe you say you listen and you feed back. Um, maybe you just need to be real honest with him when he says something or communicates, just say, you know, I'd love to tell you what I think uh, or what I feel, but my experience is that you already have made up your mind on what I'm going to say. And so do you really want to hear from me or not? Keep the ball in his court. Allow him to make the decision to say, no, I really do want to know what, what you think. There's something that happens with kids too. You ever find out with the teenagers, they really do want to know what you think, but they really don't. Because if you just offer too much advice, uh, it's always perceived as criticism, right? We've said that on this program. Unsolicited advice is always seen as criticism. So saying to your teenager, in this place, in this case, your spouse, do you really want to know what I think? I mean, I, do you really want to know? I mean, you want my feedback? I'm happy to share it with you, but my experience is you've already made up your mind. And, and so... You're allowing that communication to go in a direction where the two of you can really get to some of the basic issues. You know, this thing of communication, there's a theme. And over the years, I've found uh, whenever a marriage is really struggling, it often, I'd say 90% of the time, comes back to poor communication. Could be poor communication or misunderstandings about money, about kids. Uh, It may be about our values. We're not on the same page. We don't know how to communicate with that. And so what we do is one person will tend to shut down and then the other person will try to really like push at them. It's like the the turtle, you know, they pull back in and then you're trying to pound on the top of the shell, come on out so we can talk. 
And that doesn't work. The turtle doesn't come. You ever notice a turtle doesn't come out until you back away and you leave them alone, you give them some space. And sometimes the best thing you can do is just be quiet uh, and not push. So uh, I hope that helps a little bit. Uh, our phone lines are open with your comments today at 888 We got Cher on the line uh, in Arizona. Hi there, Cher. Welcome to the program. Hi. Hi. Uh, hi there. What's your okay. question? Okay. Um, I have a son-in-law that is a, he's a deadbeat. I mean, he does no, he does not work. He was in the military for 10 years, a long time ago, and he's trying to get disability. Um, there is a few mental issues, but nothing extreme, and he used to work. And they are close to being homeless because of this. And it's really hard. I don't know how to relate to him when I see him. Um, I, I, my daughter sometimes protects them, and other times she's so angry she wants to kick him out. And so when we see him, it's, we just don't know how to, to, to react to him. To What do you want to do? Try. Oh, <laughs> I can't say. <laughs> okay, no, you um, can't say it on the radio because right, we'll beep right, you right, right off. That's what you're trying to tell me. Okay, right, right. all right. And so, you know are they asking for help, Cher? Is your daughter asking uh, you to help her? Um, at times, you know, she's let me know like they couldn't afford their tags for their license, and she was so afraid of being caught. So I did say I would pay for that, and I pay a few things for the children mm-hmm. so they don't lose out. But he has he doesn't thank us. He doesn't care. There is absolutely no caring. And so it's hard for us to be nice to him. But I keep trying to be like Jesus and try and be merciful to someone who doesn't deserve the mercy. But it's really hard. And I'm just not sure how to, to act with him or react to him when he's around our surroundings. Yeah. The very... He's a very isolated, depressed, wants to stay isolated, doesn't want help yeah. from doctors or family. Mm-hmm. Well, so it's you, more you, you know, Cher, I, I think from an intentional living standpoint, you got to love him. That's Jesus loved people. I mean, he cared for people who had problems. But one thing Jesus never did, at least I didn't see it in Scripture, he never chased somebody down the path. In other words, if they rejected help, if they rejected the truth, uh, you know, he didn't say, hey, wait a minute, come on back. You know, what, what more can I do or what more can I say to convince you? The, the rich young ruler walked away and Jesus didn't chase him. And, and I think sometimes uh, we try to be overly helpful. In other words, we think if I just do one more thing, one more time, say one more thing, write one more check, uh, I can fix their problems. Th- this is between your daughter and her husband. And uh, what you need to do is pray for them. I like the idea you're going to help the grandkids and support them and be there to encourage them. And you're better to be on the inside than the outside as far as having a relationship so you can communicate with them. And to a certain extent, you got to put up with some stuff, share that you don't like. That's part of, that's part of relationships, isn't it? Sometimes you just have to put up with some people because of Jesus in your life. You're going to put up with some things because Jesus is in your life and you're going to love them. But there's also boundaries you have to draw. Uh, when people are ir- irresponsible. Now, are you are you married, Cher? Yes. Are you and your husband on the same page? Yes, very much so. And we're very careful not to enable. Good. Um, and um, and it's you know there's it's hard not to give our daughter advice or suggestions. Sure. Um, when she really 
you know, is I understand. just trying to figure out what's going to happen next. Now, does she and, take your um, advice? Now, when you share something, does she actually follow through with it, or is it? Yes. Okay. Most of the time she does. Um, when they moved here, I had said, maybe if he doesn't look for a job, maybe he shouldn't come with you. Mm-hmm. And so he played the game, and then when they got here, which was over four years now, never got a job. Yeah. Well, Cher, I think a couple of practical things. One is uh, make yourself available to say, honey, if you need some help, we're here for you. Here's some resources, though. Here's a counselor. Uh, in other words, you can't be their counselor, you can't be their Holy Spirit, you can't be the one that fixes their marriage. You've got to play the role of being a parent and a grandparent and loving them within that context. Because here's the problem. If you, if you become the counselor and share too many suggestions, one of them may not click well, and then you're responsible. And then all of a sudden you find yourself in a real battle between your daughter and her husband, and you don't want to get into that place. And so while it's difficult, and it is, um, what what you really need to do is help help your daughter find the kind of counseling she needs other than from you so you can play the role of mom and grandma and support them at that level. We'll be praying for you, Cher, a really tough thing, really tough. But wouldn't it be nice if we had this magic, intentional living wand that we could wave over at people? That isn't the way it works. Uh, it begins by getting back to the, the steps that we talk about, declaring your intention. You got to have a declaration of intention that says, "I declare before God that that I'm going to be the man I need to be in this marriage, be the wife I need to be in this marriage, and then develop the habits that are going to support that." Decluttering your life is a, another step in the process. Getting rid of those things that could be people, could be uh, habits, it could be emotional needs. Maybe I need to get into counseling and deal with some of my mental issues or whatever. But I'm going to declutter my life. Uh, is part of the process of being intentional. Talking about intentional living and relationships, you're welcome to join us with your comments, 888-888-1717. So how do we live in this dying culture around us? I think there are three things that are important. First of all, know the why, the reason, the purpose for our life. Why are we here? Understand that God has a, a perfect design for each of us, and as a follower of Christ, He has a purpose for us being here today. That's a big why to get that answer. Then secondly, to know what we're to do. What is it that we do from day to day to set those godly goals that we can pursue every day? We need goals in our life, goals for our family, goals for reaching people for Christ, goals for our health and our finances and our work and relationships. And then third, to know how to do that. That's where we focus a lot in intentional living putting together that next right one thing. What is it we can do today, one thing by tonight, to look back and say that I move closer and closer to accomplishing the why in my life? You know, that's an excerpt from the lesson this month that I've titled, Intentional Living in a Dying Culture. And I know it's a powerful statement because when you think about something that's dying, that's sad, it's lost, and we see that in our culture today. And of and of course, when we think about a culture, a culture is really um, the way of life, including the arts and beliefs and institutions that we tend to pass on from one generation to the next. And it's interesting how we see art changing and beliefs changing and how the culture of many of us uh, from even 20, 30, 50 years ago is so much different than it is now. And what are we passing on to this next generation? And I want to do a lesson of how are we as followers of Christ to be intentional in this dying culture in which we live. And you heard me share that excerpt on, on the why. 
And I was thinking of that Westminster short catechism way back, I think, in the 16 or 1700s that really kind of identified the chief end of man, the why of life. And it succinctly says that man's chief end is to glorify God and to enjoy Him forever. Of course, uh, we know that the Scripture teaches that uh, we can enjoy a fellowship with God. God is not a faraway God. He's here. He's in your heart. He loves you. He cares for you. And as we have fellowship with this living God who cares for us and died on the cross through His Son, Jesus Christ, for us, that uh, we can have eternal life. Uh, That's a powerful thing. And so this lesson this month, I designed to be a great encouragement for those of us who need to just know, how do we live? How do we do this in this uh, dying culture? That's going out to all of our Intentional Living members. And as I mentioned, this is a month of Intentional Living, and we're doing something very special for those of you who are joining us in monthly support. If you'll come and join us and be a part of the Intentional Living family on a monthly basis, or increase that monthly support. Not only will you receive the teaching each and every month, a brand new teaching, but you're also going to receive the entire Bible. We have the Intentional Word Chronological Bible, and we're going to get that to everyone who joins us in monthly support. And what we're calling the 10 videos, personal growth videos, handpicked 10 of the videos that we've created over the years that really help us figure out what it means to live an intentional life. And it's our gift to those of you who are joining us in monthly support, the Intentional Word Chronological Bible, uh, the 10 personal growth videos, and this month's teaching on living intentionally in a dying culture. All you have to do is call during West Coast Business Hours, 888-888-1717, or go to theintentionallife.com. That's the easiest. That's theintentionallife.com. You're listening to Intentional Living with your host, Dr. Randy Carlson. Intentional Living is furnished by Parent Talk Incorporated and is made possible by the generous support of listeners just like you. This program is not a substitute for professional counseling, medical, financial, or legal advice. Intentional Living is not intended to be therapy by radio. Marriage, we're talking about how to be intentional because intentional living can make a difference. And we got Danielle on the line. Uh, with a question for me today. Go right ahead. Um, okay. So I, I hope you can hear me. Um, I'm uh, driving on the phone. Um, so I was listening in um, about, I guess, kind of your theory about like the head, heart, and uh, hand uh, type of people. Mm-hmm. Yes. And um, I was telling some of um, your colleagues earlier that um, I'm pretty sure that I'm definitely a, like a heart type of person because I'm like, I get very emotional um, and very in tune with my emotions. And my husband, he's um, he's kind of like a combo of like a head, hand kind of person where he like gets kind of in his, wrapped up in his thoughts and he kind of like gets very quiet and he shuts everybody out and like especially when he's upset. And um, sometimes he'll be very impulsive too and he'll just like kind of just act. And I don't really understand the intentions behind the things he does sometimes or the things he says. And uh, we've been having a lot of uh, communication issues where we can't seem to agree on, um, on anything, especially when it comes to our four-year-old son. We've been together for five years, married for two, and um, our son, he's four, and it's just like just discipline. Um, well, do you guys? Do you guys? Uh, I just, 
Uh, Daniel, let me ask you a question. You've been married now, you said, uh, for a couple of years, you've got a four-year-old son. Yeah. Do you have any mechanism for communicating now? Do you get together on a regular basis? Do you have an agenda? Have you talked um, with counseling? Or is the communication just pretty, just whatever you have to talk about to get through the day? Yeah, it's basically that, um, just talk about, you know, whatever. And it's kind of like um, where it's, at the end of the day, it's what he says goes, mm-hmm. basically. And um, every now and then I'll have input, and every now and then I'll have an idea, and sometimes he may say, that's a good idea, let's implement that, or other times he'll be like, no, this is just what we're going to do because I feel like doing that. Mm-hmm. And all of these issues, um, they've been ongoing, and they've been exacerbated by the fact that maybe um, he's been drinking a lot, mm. and he just doesn't seem to want to stop. And he's had problems before when he's gone back and forth, you know, with sobriety and things like that. And he's left before. And this last time when he came back, he, you know, promised that he wasn't going to drink. And he started going to church again. He was reading the Bible, being in, you know, his word every day and things like that. But it's just yeah. sometimes he gets around certain people and that are just, not a very good influence for him and he just insists on being around them even though they're not helping him go anywhere you know they're not you know godly friends well you know Danielle one of the things we we talk about in intentional living that that very first step that we try to help people get to is to, to really get mad enough disturbed enough upset enough about whatever's going on in their life that needs to be fixed or better to come to a, an intention that says, hey, this is, this is, I'm done with this. And without that, we call a declaration of intention. Without a stating that, what we tend to do is we keep falling back into whatever feels right. Now, you've got a couple, two or three issues here. One is the alcohol, and then you've got the communication, and then what about our vision, where are we headed as a family? And... You can't control him. You can't be his Holy Spirit, Danielle, but you can, uh, in your own life, make those declarations as far as what you intend to do, what kind of person you intend to be. And I think it would be really encouraging if you could find a counselor that could help you process um, how you're feeling and putting a game plan together. What would be beautiful is if the two of you could go in together, because you said it, when he dealt with this before, things were better. So you have some benchmark to look at say, hey, that we were doing pretty well back then. What were we doing then that was working? And let's do more of that, you know, and let's do less of this. Whatever it was we were learning, I, I hear, not your call, but I hear other callers, Danielle, people tell me, you know, we went to counseling once and it, it seemed to help and we, we did well for a few weeks and now we're right back. And I'm thinking, well, if it helped you to do it once, why don't you do it twice? Why don't you do it three times? Why don't you stay at it until it becomes a habit in your life? And so, Danielle, with you, I would encourage you uh, to to talk to your husband about, you know, honey, f- for us in our marriage, it would be helpful if we could, you know, go to a workshop or we go to a counselor and just really talk about how we can communicate with each other better. Um, if you, know, I've I've tried suggesting that, and you know, there's been times where he said that. You know, when I come back home, we're going to get a counselor. I'm going to stop drinking and all that. But it never really happened. Because he and hasn't dealt with the real core issue. Yeah. Yeah. 
Well, Danielle, this is a very difficult thing. And I'll tell you, we, we look at uh, today when, with addictions and, and how people struggle with issues until they get to the core to say, I'm done with it and want to get my life back in order. Uh, things don't tend to, to improve. I would encourage you, Danielle, bottom line, you need, to, you need to be with someone in counseling where you can really talk about how to, how to talk to your husband, how to, how to deal with the, the things that you're facing in your home with your kids and uh, how you can how you can be how you can work within this setting because it's a very difficult thing. You can't change your husband. I mean, we know enough about the substances and the impact that addiction has on people's lives uh, that when it overtakes their life, it's something they have to say. I got to get help, and I got to get, and I got to take care of it. Uh, would it be okay if I pray with you, Dan- Danielle, today? Yeah, Father, yeah, I do. I do pray for Danielle. I, we feel so inadequate because the answers are not just do this and everything is better. We know that at the core, when two people come into marriage, uh, they both, we both need to humble ourselves totally before you and uh, work in our own lives to be what you want us to be. And I pray that'll be for Danielle. It'll be for her husband. It sounds like that's what they desire. They want to make their marriage work. They want to strengthen their marriage. I just pray that you'll lead them on the path that they can have a real breakthrough in their relationship. And we'll thank you for it in Christ's name. Just this weekend, my husband and I watched the Intentional Living Marriage Conference on DVD. And I married my husband eight years ago, and he's my third husband. And we were quite shocked to find out the statistic on the survival of a third marriage. But my husband and I had made a promise to each other before we got married that divorce was not an option. And when Dr. Carlson had talked about heart, hands, and head, my husband is a hands person. I am a heart person. And we have clashed a lot in that area. And upon watching this, we figured out that my feelings were being hurt so much because he was so concerned about using his hands, about getting things done around here that he felt needed to be done to provide for his family. And I felt like he had forgotten about how to care about me. And just for that two days that we took watching that conference, my grandchildren had went for a visitation with their mother and we picked them up and we were leaving at a store and the 11 year old granddaughter says, what's going on with you guys? Something's different. It seems like you guys have been kind of arguing a little bit back and forth quite a bit lately and now you guys seem like you're just so happy with each other. My husband, and being a heart person, (laughs) I'm about to cry saying this, but he opened the car door for me for the first time in probably about six years. And those were the things that made me fall in love with him. You know, he was a gentleman and he's a good man. Thank you. And I always tell people it's the little things, isn't it? It's the little things that make a difference. Uh, here at the ministry, we, we try to pre- prepare and present as many resources as we possibly can to help you be intentional in the things that matter most. And uh, we have a resource on Head, Heart, and Hand. We get a lot of comments on that because I teach on this topic about the fact that God's wired us in different ways. Some of us are more head-type people, some heart people, some hand people. Some are feelers, some are doers, some are thinkers. When you put that into marriage, it can create some challenges. So we appreciate your comments. In fact, we had one uh, comment here from Yvonne, 
who we welcome to the program on this topic. Go ahead. I've never called into a place before. The idea of this topic is so intriguing. I'm a feeler. It's almost paralyzing at times. When you live in an emotional frame of mind, it is so hard. My mom is the same, and her compassion is amazing. She was married to a person that I don't think anybody that I've known in my lifetime could have tolerated. And she struggled, and she had a lot of pain. He was a severe alcoholic. He was very degrading. It was not a healthy relationship, and I'm definitely not saying that God gives us our compassion and our emotions to keep us in that kind of environment. I'm just saying that I know by far nobody would have shown that man an ounce of love, and she did. It lets us forgive people who do things at the time that are unforgivable, but that's when you have to be a thinker also and stand up for how you deserve to be treated. Mm. You know what happens to us, thank you for sharing that comment, what happens to us when we get in stress is we go into overdrive and whatever, wherever we feel most comfortable, if we're a thinker, we overthink, if we're a feeler, we overfeel, if we're a doer, we overdo. And God calls us to this sense of balance in our life. And so thank you for reminding us. All right, uh, we got a question from a caller here uh, that would like to share with me. Let's go right ahead. I have a question. I've been married for going on four years, and there are certain areas that are very touchy to my husband, and I feel like I cannot ask the question. If I ask the question, he gets real upset. It can be basically anything. And then if he asks my opinion, I'll tell him, no, I don't, I don't want to tell you because you just get mad. And he'll push it and push it, and I'll tell him I'm, I'm, I'm a very easygoing, laid-back person, and he can um, get angry real quick. So this is everything else is going great and fine. Um, I'm 57, he's 58, and um, I just I don't know how to handle this situation. We've had counseling once. Things went well for quite a while, and back to the same thing. I think there's some issues there with him. Not sure. Not sure what to do. Well, let me challenge you. Uh, you know, you say just in this area and everything else is going well. Obviously, it's not because you wouldn't be calling. And uh, we know that in one area, when it's hurting, it does penetrate and go out into all the fabric of, of a relationship. You said something interesting. We went to counseling one time, and it got better for quite a while. Imagine how much better it could be if you made counseling a part of your marriage and maybe just set aside to say, hey, we're going to work through some issues. It's not just his issues, but my issues, our issues to make your marriage better. So I would encourage you to continue that journey of getting the proverbial cards on the table face up and figure out what's going on. Okay, I will tell you this, uh, questions sometimes can set off some deep feelings that we have. Maybe we feel from a question that we're being uh, accused or challenged in some way that we don't want. And so um, I'd back off on the questions, but I would discuss, hey, how about the two of us continuing counseling so we can both grow in our marriage? Well, that's it for today. Thank you for joining us. Thanks for your uh, involvement in the ministry. Again, you can be a part of Intentional Living. Go to theintentionallife.com and uh, all the information is there on how you can join in to be a part of this journey every day. We'll see you next time from Intentional Living.